Welcome to Manager Tools. This week, a special episode. I interview Wade Foster, the CEO and co-founder of Zapier, a popular Silicon Valley tech startup firm on their experience rolling out the Trinity to their over 100 employees. This episode of Manager Tools is brought to you by Roadmap, our new module within the Manager Tools application available on both iOS and Android that allows you to both roll out the Manager Tools Trinity or to monitor your performance on your phone in your application. It's available to licensees. If you're listening on Monday, October 2nd, it will be live at some point during the day. We encourage you to download it and start using it, and if not, to become a licensee and make your life a great deal easier in terms of rolling out and measuring and managing your use of our Manager Tools Trinity. Wade, I think you're the fourth voice that isn't Mike or I or one of our associates um, ever to be heard on Manager Tools, and I'm really excited that you're here. Yeah, I'm excited to be here too. So the story, folks, is that um, several people texted or emailed or called us. Uh, I think somebody actually tweeted that they had just heard Wade Foster, our guest, CEO of Zapier, uh, on the Y Combinator podcast. And I went and listened, and we encourage you to do so as well. And in the middle of talking about his company and, and its experience with Y Combinator and funding and so on, he happened to mention that the company was very dispersed and that they use this great podcast called Manager Tools. I laughed a little bit because what's interesting to me about that, Wade, is that if you ask me one of the most frequent questions I get from smaller firms, despite the fact that many of them are clients of ours in Silicon Valley, they say to us, well, you're only for big companies. And I say, <laughs> well, why do you say that? And they say, well, the examples you use, you mentioned cubicles, we don't have cubicles, or you're talking about HR, we don't have HR yet. I said, yeah, but if you get rid of that stuff, the managerial behaviors, the career behaviors are still fundamentally valid. And they're like, yeah, I don't know. But you're a tech startup, you use manager tools. So tell us a little bit about Zapier and then also roll that into, and I may interrupt a little bit here, about your use of manager tools. Sure. So Zapier is a, a web automation platform. We hook into about 900 different apps. So things like Slack, Trello, Gmail, uh, Dropbox, like all the tools you probably use to run a business, we have integrations for. So you can say things like, hey, every time I get an email with a, an attachment, save it to Dropbox. Or every time someone fills out a form on my website, put them in Salesforce, that sort of stuff. And we've been at this for six years now. I might have been one of those tech startups two years in that was like, ah, this management thing, you know, <laughs> like, I guess, right? Like, I yeah. probably would have, you know, it's all about shrugged the product. it off. And it's all like, about the know, technology. It's all about the yeah. product. Just hire good people. We don't need to manage. Even Google said that for years. Exactly. And it's like, you know, when you're small, like, you, you know, it'll be fine, right? It kind of just works itself out. And, and there maybe is a little truth to that. But I think if you have that mindset, um, and now having gone through managing Zapier to 100 plus people, I think you're doing yourself a disservice because what I learned along the way as we grew up or as we got bigger is 
you got to have some way of helping people set goals, of helping people define career progress, of helping them get feedback. Um, because if you don't have that, you just get into these situations where all of a sudden one day something's not working quite like it should be. You haven't talked about anything. <laughs> and what do you do, right? You, now you've got a really uncomfortable conversation and one that has is really like not part of your culture, right? Like yeah. you go have this conversation. It's like, this is really weird. We don't talk about things like this very often. And like, yeah, I would even argue further. It's not just that it's not part of your culture because your culture has been not talking about it. Mm -hmm. There's no trust built up. I mean, if you're my boss and you never talk to me about my career, you don't give me performance feedback, which everybody says is their second most important thing. If I don't trust you, then when we have to have that tough conversation, we're doomed. I mean, I'm seeing you through a filter of, wow, you know, I'm at risk here a little bit. Uh, and yeah. a lot of bosses, even in Silicon Valley, in fact, percentage-wise, I would say tech is actually a little bit higher than normal in this. The manager uses a little bit of a tone, a threat, a little bit of, hey, you know, this isn't good. You should worry about your future kind of thing. And so everything works against you when you come to a tough spot if you haven't invested along the way. Yeah. And we'd gotten away with it because when you hire great people, oh, yeah. like it, it kind of works itself out, right? Like this stuff, you never get to this spot. But the thing is, it's just statistically likely somewhere along the line. And it could be a great person too, but it just doesn't fit or it just, you know, for whatever reason, their work styles don't match or whatever reason, as you grow sometime at some point in time, something will not work out. And if you haven't invested in just like some basic management stuff, you don't have to be like the world's greatest manager, right? Like you just need to have a few tools in your toolkit and have talked a little bit about it in your company about here's kind of how our organizational management style works. Just so you know, like this is how you're going to hear feedback. This is how we're going to, you know, organize ourselves. This is how we're going to ship our products. This is how we're going to get deliverables out. Then having these conversations is just a lot less uncomfortable. It's just, yep. it's a very normal part of your, your organization and your day to day. Yeah. So, so I got to tell you, there are people who listen to us who would describe what you just described, which is music to my ears, they <laughs> would say to me, oh, that's micromanagement. Do you have anybody in your first few years that said this is this is too much? Man I, I completely reject the notion. It's completely and utterly false. But did you get any of that? Like, ooh, this is too much management. I want to be left alone. Not really. And one of the other unique things about us, we're 100% remote it's really hard to micromanage in a remote environment. Right. Like it just is like, I, I can't <laughs> see you. I can't see the work you're doing. The only thing I can see is the outputs. Right. I can see, you know, your customer support tickets via email. I can look at those. I can see the designs you shipped. I can look at your commits and code. So I can see that. But as you're working on it, nope. I can't like nitpick it along the way. So one, it's just really hard to micromanage in a remote setup. But two, I didn't realize I was doing this, but along the way, one of the things we did pick up, which manager tools talks about, which is don't just assign the work, assign the reporting of the work. Yeah. So when you get the work, the reporting assigned, it's not micromanagement. It's like, Hey, I want you to take this task. I want you to take this problem. Even like, I like to assign problems, not tasks. Say like, Hey, here's this challenge. I don't know what the answer is. I want you to go figure this out. 
tell me what you come up with. You know, let's talk about it tomorrow. Right. Yeah. So you get a little bit of a deadline in there. It's not like I didn't give you a lot of instructions or directions on it. So you still have a lot of autonomy to go figure it out. And that works pretty good. That's not micromanaging at all in my mind. Yeah, it's not. And what's funny is, is I think people, I think on a scale of zero to 10, this is the way I described it. Um, the typical person is probably managed, uh, 10 being complete, utter micromanagement and zero being literally, you don't even know a manager exists. Most people are between a three and a four. Mm -hmm. And they think going to a five, actually maybe even two to three, they think going to a five is communism. It, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's brutally repressive dictatorship time. And in fact, you and I are in agreement that actually, no, really six is probably tolerable. And at certain times, certain managers, you might actually micromanage a given task down, you know, an eight or a nine, even though overall, if I look at you over the course of the year, definitely not a micromanager, but, but most organizations expect management, particularly when you get bigger to be fairly hands-on and it's not two or three, it's more like six or seven, but after years of not being managed, any sort of assertiveness in the area of management causes people to sort of throw their hands up. But you, that yeah. said, you and I are in, are in violent agreement there. And I think there's times, right, like where you do get a little more hands on, like you said. So if you're in like a, a crisis situation, you do need a, like a firm leader to step in and say, like, you do this, you do that, you do this. You know, kind of we need to get to the end of this because we've got a severe situation on our hand. This isn't the time to, you know, figure out like yeah. our democracy. <laughs> yeah, there's like we don't really have times for like feelings and like all that stuff here. Like it's important to be respectful and tactful, but sure. we have a, an emergency on our hands and we need to make sure that we get out of this emergency. Once we're out of it, we can talk about how it went and do a retrospective and all that stuff. Right now, we got work to do. <laughs> yeah. Before I ask you how Zapier actually found out about manager tools and and what the early days were in terms of using our tools mm -hmm. or people talking about it, I want to go back a step. You've got 100 employees. You're well-known. Tell me about the founding of the company. And then what I'd love to hear is give me or some one of our audience listeners one of the top five most likely app connections that just is dead simple that people go, oh, dude, I can't believe I don't have Zapier. I don't you know. <laughs> that would make my life so much easier. Yeah, yeah. So founding of the company, this was in 2011. I'm in Columbia, Missouri with uh, where my three, my two other co-founders, Brian and Mike are. And Brian and I are doing a lot of freelance work and getting asked to build integrations for people. So, you know, I remember doing a PayPal sales into QuickBooks thing so people could, you know, have up to date books, basically. And right. we had another one that was uh, WordPress, uh, they had some forms on a WordPress site and needed to get the leads from that were filling out those forms into Salesforce. We built something like that, just like these little one-off things. And Brian messaged me on iChat. Um, we had a day job at the time. We were working at an online mortgage company. Okay. And he said, Hey, I think we can automate, like we can build an off the shelf software for this where people don't have to hire an engineer. They can just come to us and use this stuff off the shelf. And so we're in Columbia, Missouri. There's not like VC or anything like that. We start working on Zapier nights and weekends, basically, um, just trying to get this thing going, the three of us. 
you know what? This is so good. I tell people this all the time. If you really want to start a company, but you're already working somewhere, don't quit. Keep working where you're working, pay the bills, feed your family. And if you don't have the passion to go work nights and weekends until you're tired and a little bit cranky, and you don't have a good enough relationship with your co-founders that you can be cranky together, Mm -hmm. you don't have what it takes to start your own company (laughs) and you shouldn't quit and, you know, you shouldn't just, oh, I'll just start a company and see how it works out. Okay. Sorry for the interruption. Good. I'm glad to hear that. So, uh, you know, we were, we were doing that and, you know, along the way, like we just started adding apps to Zapier based on what people wanted. So, and, and partially like our intuition as well. So like we knew MailChimp is a big company. So probably people want some MailChimp stuff. Yeah. Salesforce, a big company, probably people want some Salesforce stuff. But then also as you know, we would get like kind of leads. People would say like, Hey, do you have a, can you do a Zen, like this thing with Zendesk? And we'd look at their API and be like, all right, yeah, we can do things with Zendesk, right? So kind of as like people we knew would want to use it, we would build that stuff as well. And along the way, um, I mean, people use this for all sorts of stuff. So it's really hard to answer like the what's the most popular thing. But I think some of the like easiest popular stuff to get started with is around notifications. So if you use something like Slack in your organization, which is really popular these days, you can set up things like, Hey, every time we get paid, like whether through Stripe or PayPal or whatever, let's send a message into Slack and celebrate, right? Like you know, use money bag emoji or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, hey, we got we got paid today. That's that's cool. Or we closed a sale in Salesforce. You know, the deal goes and gets closed thing. So you know, you can put a message in Slack or you can have it text you. And there's just a lot of people doing those kind of basic little alerts that say, hey, something in our organization happen that we need to know about uh that we're, we we want to pay attention to exactly it could yeah. be a good thing right like we got paid or we closed a deal or can it be alert about a bad thing like hey our site's down or you know a customer just filled out a form and and gave us a rating less than five or whatever exactly yeah. right we're we're angry right so those are like probably the easiest things to get started with yeah i love it and you happen to mention Mailforce, Mail, Mailchimp, and Salesforce, yep. both of which are huge engines behind the scenes here at Manager Tools. So I hope Mike's listening. <laughs> um, Mike, do that pilot stuff you do. Um, okay, so now there's the three of you. You're, yep. you're you founded a company, if you will. Yep. Tell me about both Y Combinator and also Manager Tools. Which one came first, or how, how did the the early years? How did they happen? So YC was first. We went through YC the summer of 2012. Uh, at the end of it, we'd, we'd gotten some traction, and now we realize we need some help, right? Like we've gotten some things are working. I was doing support until, you know, I'd wake up in the morning and I'd probably just answer customer emails until 3 or 4 p.m. Whoa. And then I would start working on <laughs> the product, right? Like actually making things better, right? So yeah. it's like, all right, we need we need some help here. And it's like, we got to hire some folks. I didn't know anything about hiring at any time. This is our, this is my first company. Okay. Uh, I'd never hired a person before in my life. So how do you hire a person? And we hadn't run across manager tools at the time. And the advice I got was like, look, just hire old coworkers, people that you work with, that you know, you get along with, you right? liked and that you respected. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. And okay. That, that makes sense, right? Like if I worked with them once before, I can probably work with them again, right? Yep. Uh, uh, jive with our logic. And this is kind of how we became remote as well. 
Um, we had an old coworker buddy of mine that was in Chicago that ran a Cubs message board. And I like, well, you can deal with unruly Cubs fans. You could probably do customer support for us. So, um, that's where we started there. There's an old engineering colleague of mine that was in Columbia, Missouri. Still, we were in the moved to California at this point in time and I knew who was great. So he joined up with us too. So now we're a remote team and you know, nice tiny one. We didn't do any like things. We didn't do one-on-ones or, you know, we had like a staff meeting, but it was more of like a, you know, let's hang out once a week and just remind ourselves <laughs> that we work with other humans sort sure. of thing, right? But because these were people we worked with, I think we got away with not being good at management. Like it worked out okay and things got done and, you know, it, it was fine. It wasn't until probably, you know, we got to maybe 20 or 30 people and the management overhead started to get pretty high. And I kind of realized, you know, we're doing okay. Like we're not bad, but like we're certainly not good at this. Like there were some situations that had come along where we'd really like, it's like, ah, we really kind of fumbled that one. Like it didn't hurt yeah. us, but oh, that could have been a lot worse than it was. And so I started poking around thinking, okay, I, I want to figure out how to get better at this stuff. And, you know, we came across things like the, the Andy Grove book, High Output Management, sure. classic. We came across, you know, a few other books. And then along the way, I heard a few people name drop this podcast, Manager Tools, right? Yeah. Uh, it's another remote leader that was like, hey, I was, I was horrible at management. And I started listening to Manager Tools and, you know, it changed the way I did things. And then one of my direct reports oh, nice. mentioned Manager Tools to me and said, hey, I'm using this with some of you know, I'm learning from this. Maybe you should check it out too. And the thing that resonated with me right away is like these podcasts are, you know, the thing that you, I'm just telling you all, you're all value prop. Those <laughs> are <laughs> <laughs> short, short things, right? It doesn't take long on a singular topic and gives you like the very practical things to use, like phrases, way you should say things, right? Yeah. You phrase it like this and it's going to go well. You phrase it like this and it's going to go bad. And it's not this pie in the sky management fluff stuff that you kind of hear a lot of the times. It's just real practical, real things on how to interact with a person, how to help them be successful. And it's not this rocket science stuff. And the approach feels very collaborative with the person you're managing. It's like, hey, this is actually like if I was thinking back to some of my old jobs where I had a manager and I was thinking, you know, I really wish my manager had done this with me. Like, I think I would have been more successful if they'd have done, you know, a weekly one-on-one and talked to me about like the goals that they wanted and talked to me about my own career growth instead of just coming to me when there was a problem. Like, I think that would have been a lot more pop. So like that resonated with me and I was like, all right. So that's when I dug into your like manager tools basics. I think we bought the video course, which is great. Okay. Um, and after I'd kind of gone through it, I was like, all right, we're rolling this out to the whole team. Like every manager at Zapier is going through this basic stuff. <laughs> I want to make sure that every person in our organization, the manager that they report to, there is a baseline level of competency. Like even the worst manager at Zapier is still going to be this good. Yeah. You mentioned that on the Y Combinator podcast. And I think what was interesting to me, um, you were establishing a floor the last 25 years of my life have been fighting against this underlying assumption that management, unlike, say, financial reporting, accounting, security, marketing, legal, real estate, 
in terms of systems, that management is the one that cannot be recommended or encouraged, that it's all personality, it's all individual, it's all by the person. And if Wade's my boss, if Wade manages using these three principles, A, B, and C, literally in, in, in finance, you would say, Mark, we do it here, A, B, and C. And so I would shrug my shoulders and go, okay, we do A, B, C, great. If you're managing me by ABC, no one, almost no manager says to their directs, hey, this is how I manage. And so that means this is how you're going to manage. I mean, we have hundreds of managers a year write into us and say, yeah, I, I talked to my direct. I'm a director. I'm a VP. And I love this stuff. And so I told them to listen to the podcast. I encourage it and so on. It's been six months and I have three of the guys that work for me. They're not doing one-on-ones. I just want them to get started. The other guys who are doing one-on-ones, they're great. One of them, my superstar, she's awesome. She took right to it and she's going to be my number two. And these other three guys aren't doing it. And so I write back and say, have you told them that they need to start? Well, no, because you can't do that. And I said, why can't you? (laughs) Well, you know, I, I don't want to impose. I said, well, but imagine one of your people came to you and said, you know what? We use badges here, but I'm not a badge person. It affects my aura. And so I would prefer not to have a badge, but I want you to arrange, Mr. Manager, for me to be able to go where I want to go. You'd look at him and shake your head and go, no, really not so much. So when you were saying that about, hey, we're going to do this across the board, I thought two things. One, that helps that somebody at the top had that thought and you weren't bound by this corporate thing, which says we can't do that. And the other one that you were basically saying, this is going to become how we do things, which to me, whether you ever used it or not, is a bit of a recruiting tool. The next person Mm -hmm. you hire say, hey, by the way, if you've had three or four or five jobs, you probably know there's a wide range of managerial skills and behaviors. You're going to discover that we have a bit of a standard. Everybody's their own person, but you can count on a few things from us. You've used that. You've talked to people, recruits about that. Yeah, we talk about like, you know, hey, we do weekly one-on-ones, right? You're going to hear from your manager. We talk about career growth, right? Like we say, like, here's how we think about career growth. And a lot of, that's a question a lot. Almost everyone has that in, you know, in interviews. Like, hey, is my, how, how am I going to grow when I'm here, right? And we have examples now that we can point to. We've got three or four people who have made real big career strides at Zapier. We can say like, look, here's how those one-on-ones and how working with your manager, you're going to be able to achieve your own personal goals when you're a part of our organization as well. It's not just going to be, you know, we're not just plugging a hole here. Like we want you to come in and help reach your own goals, because if you do that, we're going to reach our goals too. Yeah. Good. So you mentioned something earlier that I'm sure perked up some ears, which is you're hundred percent remote. Yes. Which as you and I talked about earlier this week makes managing much, much harder and a manager without a set of tools, ours or anybody else's for that matter, who's remote from his or her people really has a much tougher hill to climb than somebody who's co-located. So talk to us about the why of remote and Mm -hmm. how it's gone, what your experience is and how manager tools or any other tools you recommend have helped. Yeah. We did remote because, you know, going back to that hiring, it was, that's where my, like the colleagues were, right? It was just like a thing that happened. Now, along the way, I realized like, the reason we've doubled down and invested in it is because there's real legit benefits to doing this. So like, for example, recruiting, we have a worldwide talent base. We're not limited to a 30 yeah. mile radius. Love and it. so 
the talent we can get is really high. We don't have to say like, well, we've we've talked to everyone in this city and like, I think we've hired all the people that we like, you know, that never happens to us. Like (laughs) we're seeing the same resumes over and over again. Yeah. Like in some cities that, that legitimately happens to companies. Um, retention way better because people get to live in the city that they love because family is there because hobbies are there because that's just where they are. If a spouse or a, you know, a significant other, a partner has to move for a job they get to stay in your organization. So there's things like that that are really good. And of course there's cost savings. Like, you know, we don't have to pay for an office. The employee doesn't have to pay to, for their commute and all that stuff. Not the waste of the waste of a commute. I mean, gee whiz, Silicon Valley. Yeah, no kidding. Right. In yeah. most big metropolitan cities, that's something you got to deal with. Right. Yeah. Um, so there's like big benefits from it from a management standpoint. You know, I think if you don't, talk about like your management tools. Yeah. It's going to be way harder because people are going to get lost in your organization. They they sit at home by themselves and, you know, maybe they talk over Slack a little bit, but you know, they're not doing one-on-ones with their manager. Like they're going to just be like, am I doing okay? Like, you know, or maybe they they'll think they're doing great and they actually may not be doing great. Like, you know, there's two kinds of people. One that's going to assume they're doing awesome in spite of feedback and the other right. is doing horrible without <laughs> yeah. any feedback. And neither you know, which is good. Yeah. Right. Neither which is good. So from my standpoint, the manager tools playbook is not hard to execute on remote. You know, you have tools like Skype and Zoom. We use Zoom all the time that are easy to do a one-on-one every week. I've got a recurring 30 minute one-on-one with everyone that reports to me. We fire up a Zoom and Slack. We got, jump on a call and we run the we run a, a one-on-one and we talk about that stuff. When we need to give feedback, we talk about it through Slack. When we see reporting, like it's reports happen in a Google Doc or a GitHub commit or a, like all that stuff exists. And so I actually think with the toolkit, it's not that hard. And in some ways, I actually think it's preferable because when you're in an office, you start to get conflicted because you see things like, well, you know, Bill, he's you know, he's always smiling. He's so friendly, right? <laughs> you know, he's, he's just a good, just a, a good, good person guy. to have around. Right. But when you're remote, like, yeah, there's good people, but also you can see like, did the work get done? Or did the work not it's a get really done? focusing spotlight, isn't it? You yeah. I mean, yeah, you can't be fooled by somebody's natural interpersonal gifts. You're going to end up looking at their work product. Exactly. And it's like, did they achieve the goals and outcomes that we set forward? If so, awesome. If not, we need to have a discussion. And I, I won't let, it's tougher to let your personal feelings of like, oh, well, they show up on time all the, you know, every day or they, you know, they, they smile real great or like, you know, they ask me about my kids, whatever, whatever it is. You know, it's interesting. You use the word lost. I use that a couple of years ago with somebody and they sort of were surprised. And I, I asked them, this is a manager of a remote team. I said, how much of your time is spent managing? He said, well, what do you mean? I said, you know, communicating with, talking about with your team and also thinking about their development and the growth and performance communications and so on. He said, well, that would be a subset of email. And I said, what do you mean? He says, well, the way I manage is, you know, emails back and forth and so on. I said, well, that must get annoying. He says, no, actually, I kind of like email. So at this point, I'm a little bit nervous about the conversation. (laughs) And I said, so what do you think of your job as? He says, well, it's pretty clear that I have my tasks that I need to get done and they have their tasks that they need to get done. If I get all my tasks done, that's all I can do. They have to get their tasks done. And I realized 
that this guy literally thought of himself as a working manager, but he literally, 98% of it was working and 2% of it was manager. And mm-hmm. and luckily he started doing one-on-ones and said, wow, this really helps. I didn't even realize that that was part of my job. I felt bad for his boss who had never, ever told him, hey, you know, how are your people doing? Yeah. Um, but that whole idea of lost, this guy, he had lost his people, but he didn't even know he wasn't supposed to lose them. That's the thing that scares me. I just. Yeah, it's that's a person who's got, you know, he sees the project management piece of yes. it, right? Like the the tasks that got to get done, the driving the things forward, which is all good and well, like that's important, right? You got to get results. Yep. But over the long term, that's going to kill him because the people are going to leave and he's got to find a way to build up his people and train his people and get them career path. And you're just not going to get that if you're just emailing tasks back and forth. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, so I have at least two more questions for you. The first one yeah. may lead into the second one. So you mentioned Slack. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a nice chat earlier in the week, and I will reveal to everyone who's listening, after years and years of years of telling people, no, don't do that, no feedback in writing and so on, that Wade shared with me that he and his managers do give feedback over Slack. So tell us about that. Yeah, so... We're also globally distributed. So we have folks all over the world, right? So you have time zone coordinations and you need to give feedback pretty quickly. Like you have like feedback fast is one of the key things that makes feedback effective is when you see it, you should give it. When you have a diverse time zone set, like, you know, scheduling a call can be challenging, right? Like legitimately challenging. And you don't want to wait till that happens. And if you can create a culture where, you know, our primary communication medium is slack so there is that that is like a cultural kind of norm for us and so if you have like especially positive feedback go ahead and give it for slack and we don't do the the one thing we don't do which um again comes back to the time zone diversity is the hey can i give you feedback okay and the reason we don't do that is because if someone who reports to me say they're on the other half of the world if they get that message right after they left work they don't want to check in. They see that they're going to sit there and sweat both oh, yeah. next, you know, 16 hours until they show up into the office and they say, okay, Wade, you can give me some feedback. Right. But all night. And then you give them positive feedback. Yeah, and, and they're I like, like hey. oh, what a waste <laughs> of energy. Right. So, you know, the thing that we've found and it works for us, uh, maybe it doesn't work for everybody, but it works pretty good for us is I'll do things like, you know, Slack is, has these fun emojis. Right. And I, and they're kind of gimmicky, but it kind of works. Like I'll, I'll, I'll flash like the, the wave hand and I'll say like, you know, Hey, oh, Bill, you know, in that meeting today, you had really good slide on the details that really helped communicate. Yeah. Uh, I think what we're getting across here, thanks for doing that and keep it up, man. I really appreciate yeah. that. So that's the core. That's essentially the core of the model, which is you did something and here's an outcome. What you exactly. did was good and useful. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Or what you did wasn't so helpful. And so can you work on that? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we work on writing because writing is the way we primarily do things. We work on it. You don't give sarcastic feedback. That's not going to (laughs) work well in in text format. Right. Um, You know, you you watch out for stuff like that. We train around that and it works pretty well. That's cool. I know I'm going to either get kudos or shock gas from people who write in and say, (laughs) did Mark just endorse giving (laughs) feedback in writing? No, folks, I didn't. But the paths to enlightenment are many. And as we've said many, many times before, 
The four things you got to do is know your people, talk about performance, ask for more, and push work down. The manager tools feedback model is our way of recommending performance communications. And smart guys like Wade and Zapier uh, know that there are other ways to get there. Uh, and yet still, he's faithful to the core of the model, which is you did something. Yep. Not I don't like you or I'm disappointed in you or don't do that again, but rather, hey, you took this behavior. And we talk about behavior, not not attitude, not motivation, not intent, not personality, and say, and this happened, and that was good. Or, hey, can we do that better? Yeah. Yep. So I'm thrilled to have had somebody on the show that says, yeah, we're doing a little differently, and it works. You know, and the one other thing I like about it before I get in on the rank piece, I don't want to, I don't want to make the listeners go crazy, but the one <laughs> thing I do like about right the written feedback is it's written too. Yeah. So document that shows it. It's like, yeah, I saw that. A little easier to compile. It does. So there's some nice things around. If, if you know, 99 times out of 100, it doesn't matter that it's documented. Yeah. But one time, you're going to be really glad that it was. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. Now, the question that Mike insisted that I ask you, and you and I have already, already talked about it, was in the Y Combinator cast, you made the famous statement of, we listen to these guys, Manager Tools, they've got a podcast, really helpful uh, and then you said the fate where we agree with 95% of what they teach. And Mike said, go find out what the other 5% is. Yeah. And folks, if you don't hear me being tongue in cheek, I am, because I can't imagine that people would agree with 100%. And I can assure you, my email says that 95% of the people agree with something every week that I say, because that's what I hear. But tell us where you've modified it. One case clearly is is Slack for feedback. Yep. But you you mentioned another. Where where else do you have you implemented our ideas but done it differently in order to adapt it to your culture at Zapier? Yeah. So the feedback piece is one where we say you know we get event sliding writing. We don't say like hey can we give you? Yeah. The one other place is around how quickly we introduce some of these management tools concepts. Yeah. So I think you all roll out negative feedback or constructive feedback, whatever you want to call it. Uh, what eight, eight weeks, uh, is the no. recommended or what's the, what's the time period? No, so you start one-on-ones and you yep. do one-on-ones for three months and then you yeah. do two months of positive, eight weeks of positive before you get to negative. Yeah. Yeah. So it's forever. It's literally forever. <laughs> yeah. It, to me, right. Like I'm like, Oh my goodness. Right. And we're, we're growing fast, right? Our team size went from 35 to 70 in 2016. Today we're at 110, so we've added 40. So when you when we're growing that fast, I want people to understand, be able to take any feedback right away. Right. And I feel like when folks come into the organization, that first 30 days, they're their most malleable. They're their most Agreed. open to understanding the new way of what you're doing and saying, hey, here's how we do things. Here's what you're going to hear from me. Here's what you're not going to hear from me. Here's how we do feedback. Yep. Here's how we do one-on-ones. It might be a little shocking to you at first. It may not be. Maybe you're used to this. Maybe talk to me about how you've been managed in the past, how you liked it, how you don't like it. Right. Get some of their take on it so you can kind of figure out where they're coming from. And that's allowed us to be a little faster on, on feedback, like getting that feedback piece right out the gate. Because when our organization's moving and growing as quick as it can, like I don't want to have a person get left behind. You know, I want them to be able to be as successful as they can right away. And so Agreed. that's why we've chosen to introduce it a little quicker yeah. than 
maybe is recommended. And and this brings me to one of the great tech jokes of all time. You know how it is that God invented the heavens and earth in six days. It's because he didn't have to deal with an installed base. Essentially, what you guys have done is you've said, this is how we behave relative to management. Yep. If you're doing that and you're not one of 10,000 managers and as one of 10,000 managers at a big company, the management culture of that company is basically not you. It's the other yes. 9,999. You guys have said, this is our management culture. So yes. I've never been able to say this on air until now, but if you start your own company, you can say, this is how we do it. And you could start doing feedback immediately. Now, yep. look, you need to brief people. You need to tell people that it's coming and they need to understand it and so on. But if I'm at a big company and if Wade is my manager and he inherits me from somebody else, Mm -hmm. Even if you're doing one-on-one -on -one feedback coaching delegation with everybody else, you telling me this is how I do it, when we tested that years ago, we got all kinds of internal pushback at big companies because people said, no, you can't, you can't. I mean, HR got involved. You can't do that. Yeah. You can't, right. And so what we discovered was managers who waited longer, who built up trust with somebody, who did one-on-ones, and then yeah. the direct said, well, what's next? Because, man, you're a good manager. He says, well, I'd like to talk to you about performance communication. And then then the director saying, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And they're, they're receptive to it. You guys essentially have said, we don't have an install base. This we is don't. who we are or how we behave from the beginning. And I want you to know, you're not wrong. You just did it differently in terms of saying, this is how we manage. And to the point I made earlier, you can do that. If you set the the right tone for finances and security and accounting and legal yep. and so on, you could say, and management is one of our systems. And I would argue one of the most important ones in terms of leveraging future performance. Oh, absolutely. If you do that right, you can save yourself the struggle of having to roll it out slowly because you exist in a culture where your behavior is so different at typical large organizations. Yep. And you know, the piece on that too is as people come into an organization where this is the norm, people want to adapt the social norms. So we're introducing a one person at a time to an organization. They want to adapt the social norms. It's like, hey, I want to be successful. How does this company do it? Yeah. Uh, I, I joined the company because I believe in the company and I think right. it's going to be a good spot for me. So, all right, this is how we're, I see everyone else doing it. Yeah. All right, I'm in on it. When do I get my one-on-one? -on -one? Exactly. You're doing it with everybody else. I got to tell you, that's pretty sweet music to some manager's ears. When, yeah. when do I get to do my one-on-one? -on -one? Right? <laughs> right. Can I help paint the fence, please? Paint, paint the fence, please, and you know, I'll pay you to paint the fence. Um, good. Yeah. Well, look, you're growing very rapidly. Some of our tools have been very helpful to you. Tell us about the next couple of years for Zapier. Yeah, I think um, the product is something that can help any organization, big or small, be successful, help you automate and get more done. And so our goal is to try and help more organizations. Today, we've got 2 million uh, folks using Zapier. And so as we start to think about how can we help more people, a big piece of that is, you know, how can we do a better job of helping bigger and bigger companies, right? We've done a really good job at helping these like small and emerging and mid-market companies. And so now we're starting to think, what are the things that we can build around that to help bigger, bigger and bigger companies? And so we haven't had like a sales organization in the past. And so we're starting to think, all right, what does maybe a VP of sales look like? And trying to think about 
how does the management culture in a sales team differ? Because, you know, you go talk to, to different sales leaders, as I've been doing over the last few weeks, and you'll hear a lot of different ways that people manage a sales organ. So trying to find a person that's like, all right, they get our model. They can merge what their past experience are with us uh, and and help us grow. So that's this is a this is a fun time for me because we've hired, you know, when you're a small company, you don't hire execs often. Um, right. We've hired uh, two execs in the history of our company. So this is our third one. Uh, so this is it's a fun opportunity to bring like a rich, you know, senior kind of voice to the table. It's a differing perspective, but also uh, an opportunity again to like prove people like, Hey, you can run a sales org a little bit differently. <laughs> yeah. And you know, what's interesting is you did have a sales org. You just didn't yep. have an active sales org that was doing, you know, active outreach. You were, yeah. you were passively yeah. supporting thousands of sales. Yeah, yep. exactly. Our website does the selling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, look, wait, you and I could talk for another 45 minutes and maybe we will, but we don't need to record it for everybody. I just want to tell you, thanks. Uh, it is a thrill to talk to somebody who's been successful that founded a company and it means the world to Mike and I that you guys were able to listen to some of our casts, implement some of the stuff, and it helped you achieve your mission and serve more people through Zapier. And that's why we started Manager Tools to help managers, individual managers, small companies, individuals everywhere do good at something that appears way harder. And the fact that your customers benefit from the better management culture is it's just a bonus for us. So thanks. I think the appreciation is two ways because, uh, yeah, you all have done an excellent job demystifying this for us. And uh, I, I don't, you know, maybe we'd have figured it out, but I certainly don't think we'd have figured it out as fast as we did. So Manager Tools has just been a, a vital training material for us as we've grown. Good. Thanks, everybody. That's it. Come back next week for more great guidance and do check out Roadmap on our website. Thank you.